And we're live from the Reds here. Special guest, Mr. Arcamus Blankenship of the Morongo Bird Singers. What's happening, man? Hey, man. How's it going? It's good. To, it's doing. Hey, we're surviving. We're still out here doing the thing. Yeah, um, we are. I can't complain. Seems like um, the world's in an interesting spot right now, and we're still here. So definitely it cannot is. complain. Very interesting times we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you missing all the gatherings? Are you missing all the powwows? Bad, bad. You know, um, what's funny is like when you're in the midst of it, mm-hmm. like last few summers, I, I took a, a few years off for some elders who passed away, maybe like, I don't know, five years, years ago now, seven years ago. It's been a while. I've been back into it. But now like I've been back in the pattern every summer, every weekend, um, multiple times a week, singing here, singing there, visiting people, whatever. Um, it. it I guess I kind of got at a point where, you know, like, I looked forward to the breaks, mm-hmm. but now during this time, no, like, uh, I realized how much I took it for granted being able to go out and sing and see everybody, see all the dancers. Like, now we sing, like, on Facebook Live, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's so not the same. Like, it's good to see, like, the guys, you know, be in a birdhouse, you know, like, mm-hmm. at least at least we do that still, but even now, like, it, it all feels... Like, like if you're looking out there, it's it's your phone, right? It's a little camera. You yeah. Know? It's not it's not a gathering anymore. So yeah, I know it. If it, it's so, it's better than nothing, but barely, you know, like. Absolutely, you know that whole like virtual thing, you know, was like, I put one together early on, you know, for yeah. remember we hit everybody yeah. up, and it was kind of like I don't know what we're doing. It seemed like a good idea. We gotta do something. Everyone's missing it. You know, I had people in some of the like kind of rural areas who really locked down already. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I wasn't a, I was, you know, I was like, it was an experiment. I wasn't married to the idea, but I was like, we had to do something. And then when it, it came down and, the, you know, a couple of days after I was kind of like, well, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the energy, you know, and you kind of know that going into it. Cause it kind of took off after that though. But man. it was a cool, I guess it was a cool idea because a lot of people followed suit and started doing their own virtual gatherings. Yeah, and, they say imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah. Right? And hey, if, it, if it's getting people together, making, you know, some uplift for the people and making them feel good about it, I'm, I'm all for it. But yeah, I, I thought the same, which it wasn't the same, you know, it's mm. nice to... You know, sing to a, pra- a packed audience. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it is like the energy, you know, just seeing people in person. And there's just something, something special yeah. to that for sure. And yeah. that was kind of lacking, but it was cool to see people online and to hear their voice, um, to kind of check in to make sure everyone is okay. Um, mm. Because it was kind of scary back in March, you know, it was kind of oh, scary really? time where right when I, you know, you're seeing it on the news, you don't know what's going on and you're just kind of, you're used to seeing everybody every weekend and you don't know what's, are, you know, is their area okay? Are they being impacted yet? Um, are they scared? I don't know. It's just a whole interesting time. Plus, you're just sitting around doing nothing. Man, at first, at first, I was worried. Like, are the traditions going to survive if this is a new reality? Right? If this mm-hmm. is just how it's going to be, because not all the traditions were in great shape even before. Right? Like, right. Um, like this could do some serious damage. Right? Elders, you know, like if we lose anyone. You know how it is when you lose a single person. Sure. Everything falls apart. And um, like, so there's all that worry, you know. And and for me, like the virtual gatherings were definitely like kind of, I guess it made me feel at least a little bit less less worried in that way. Like, you know, like we, we can adapt, you know, we can, we, can, we can change and adapt to the times and make at least some version of things survive, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Think back to like, 
We kind of take it for granted. I always feel like we take it for granted that mm. that you could just go to a gathering and hear the songs. They can be around it. That if you want to learn, you can jump in your car and drive over to a teacher the next res over. You can kind of, you know, you know who these people are because you see them kind of being exposed. Totally. Totally. Um, there's exposure. You know, you go to a gathering, you see these head singers. You can kind of ask around, know a little bit about who each one, of, you know, who they are. And mm. generally, your, your grandparents, older people in your family, they know those singers because they've been mm. around a long time. They're established. And but it reminded, it reminded me of like a long, long time ago. The stories were it wasn't like that. People weren't so mobile, mm. and so if you had a singer in your community, you had a good opportunity to maybe learn if they would let you learn. Mm. Because a lot of times people, you know, in their family, you know, they would like, they'd say these are my family songs, maybe or whatever. But it's mm. like if you didn't have a singer in your community or your small community, you probably didn't hear songs very often or that much. You know, no. there had to be a couple generations where. Our people weren't as mobile as before. They weren't traveling as much. They were isolated. And if your community didn't have a singer Definitely. or that singer passed away and didn't leave it, there might be a whole generation where you didn't hear those songs. Easily. And so yeah. it kind of gets scary. Like we're kind of getting back to that. But with technology, that's not going to happen. Apparently, we can still kind of reach out. So no, yeah, yeah, that was I mean, my thoughts. Let's just all like the, the protocol or at least, I don't know, protocol. That whatever is overused, right? But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but things that had to be in place in order to sing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like now, like we sing everywhere. Yeah. During the daytime, indoors, outdoors, at one time, it was just in those special places, right? Yeah. Special times. I like to sing morning songs right in the middle of the night. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Morongo Bird Singers, you guys go sing all over the place. Like you're saying, you're asked to sing, you guys are asked to sing, um, Mm. You know, for all kinds of events, all kinds of areas, all kinds of places, mm. things like that. You guys are probably established. I mean, you know, your lead singer, Walter Bouye, commonly referred to by mm. Walter Holmes. Um, he's the elder. He's an elder. You know, he's an elder right. of those songs, an elder of his people. Right. Uh, very high regard. People know him. Very established. They knew his uh, his old people. Mm. So it's generational. And it's something he was, you know, raised in and around. And, and he still does. You see his boys out there singing. Right. Uh, he's got his grandson out there singing, nice young man, mm. and as a, he got his family, and, and it's just really, really established. Um, people know him from all areas of the bird world and beyond. Yeah. Um, this day and age, it seems like I go to a gathering, and sometimes you don't know somebody. You're like, who's that singing? Who's their teacher? Or uh, where do they learn that from? Uh, did they have a teacher? Did they have a teacher? <laughs> are you are you seeing that more and more? Or is that just me? I feel like oh, I see that man. a lot more now. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Uh... Open up a can of worms right there, but staff <laughs> question: Who are they? Let's but, hear about it. No, man, like like the way I came up into it, and especially the way he came up into it, the way Buya came up into it, mm-hmm. it's just a world of difference from today. Like today, you know, what, what maybe I should describe like like the way like the way it came to be, but um, I don't know how far back. Everyone goes like who listens to the program or watches the program or whatever, but um, there were these two main traditional singers around the turn of the century. One, his name was Joe Patencio from Palm Springs. Other one um, was a trio of brothers, Roy, Bert, and Ben Levi from Torres Martinez Reservation. And um, those three brothers sang together and Joe Potencio kind of sang by himself and traveled around to different reses, mostly in Cahuilla territory. And um, those were 
pretty much the last traditional singers. We call it a hawanik, someone who causes um, causes the, the songs to be sung, causes the stories to be told, causes the language to be spoken. The songs for us preserve the way the language is supposed to be spoken, right? And um, you can always check it, right? Like if you speak modern Kawia, you can check it against that traditional form of the language in the songs. Mm -hmm. And um, so those guys were given were appointed singers, right? They were chosen to to be the singers. Not everyone was a singer, right? They didn't just buy a rattle and a ribbon shirt yeah. and were a singer. Um, you were brought up in it from the time you were a child, usually, and until the time like you were you were older, then you could finally carry those songs and be a carrier of them. And yeah, you know, th th those two, like the Levi's, ATM, and Joe Potencio were the main ones. And um, Joe had had men that sang with him. Um, one was Matthew Pablo, um, Gene Pablo, and um, John Andreas. And um, John's um, older brother, Anthony Andreas, didn't really sing too much back then. It was really um, Joe Potencio. He also had uh, Robert Levi. Um, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Um, he had Alvino Siva. Robert Levi came way later. Um, but yeah, Alvino Siva sang with him and uh, Saturnino Torres sang with him. And um, yeah, Matt and Gene um, kind of became like some of the, uh, like, like his, his, his right-hand men. And um, so from Joe singing and teaching them how to sing, <laughs> it's not just about the singing, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's how do you bring the people together? How do you have, how do you host a ceremony? How do you conduct a ceremony? And these days it was all more ceremonial than it is today, right? We're not talking like sacred songs, you know, they were still social songs, but um, there were um, special structures that were built for the singers to be able to, we call it nourishing the heart, right? Uh, carrying on this heart from the time of Coyote, continuous line of people carrying these songs from Coyote and the Creator to the present day. And so these men um, were, were guardians, protectors, custodians of that music, of those songs and the ceremonies, the, the doings that go with them. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, uh, Gene and Matt singing with Joe Potencio, um, that's how John Andreas and Biff Andreas came up into it. And near the end of Joe Potencio's life, he actually announced to a group of elders at Morongo. Um, Dorothy Ramon was there. Uh, Victoria Laws was there. Uh, but she was one of our, our dream traditional dream interpretation elders at Morongo that would help people name their children and stuff in the old way. And um, so a, a very uh, influential um, heritage keepers of their generation were in this, uh, um, the, the, this uh, we call it Hanya Anyach, where people come together to talk about important things and agree or, or disagree, right? Mm -hmm. um, we call it Hanya Anyach and Ivia. And um, so they all were at this Hani Anyach, and um, Joe, Biff wasn't there, but Joe announced to this group of elders that, um, that this young man, Anthony Andreas, would be the next one to carry the songs. And uh, it's kind of funny, because like Biff at that time, he was known more for like fighting and, and, uh, and you know, partying, um, but not as a singer. His brother sang, but... He sang too, but but he wasn't really known as a singer, and um, and Matt and Jean Pablo were there, and uh, it was them that came over and told 
Biff, Anthony, that um, Joe picked you. Like, you're going to be the next one to carry on these songs for us, carry on the songs for the people. And uh, this was all in the mid-70s. And um, around 1978, 1979, um, Biff starts to travel around. Matt and Gene already been traveling around. Um, I don't know if like your dad has um, stories about them, but they would come down here and sing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah um, like they were already you know traveling singers, and um, but Biff wasn't really wasn't at that time until um, they kind of took them took uh, especially Matt kind of took Biff under his wing, and um, so Biff was leading, um, but with the help of Matt to kind of like show him what to do. Um, but yeah, Biff was chosen to lead, and uh, then like, they got a group together. Walter Holmes, one of the original members of that group, so um, he had already been singing. Matt and Gene Pablo are his uncles, right? So he already been singing from the time he was a little kid, and um, that probably sounds familiar to you, right? Um, but singing from the time he was a little kid, his father was a singer, yeah. and um, and like didn't go out and play with all, all the other kids as much because he had other obligations like to the tradition at home. And um, so, yeah, they, they put together a group. It was really kind of, at least for Korea territory, it was really like the first bird singing group. Like before that, mm -hmm. it was more just, there was a singer, a Hawanik, who would go bring a rattle. There was just one person with a rattle. Everyone didn't have a rattle. Just the lead singer had a rattle. Mm -hmm. And people would follow and support that singer. Um, and it really wasn't until Biff, and Matt and Gene started that group. They call it the Kuia Bird Singers and Dancers. Um, that's when you get the first really creation of what people understand um, as a bird singing group, at least as a Kuia bird singing group today. Um, it all kind of follows the same template. Like mm -hmm. every group that we see now um, follows that template that really Biff, not enough people even know that he created it. But he really invented a lot of, of, of how like, like like the ribbon shirts and um, like he started all that like the previous generation didn't didn't all have matching ribbon shirts and matching rattles and or even even having a rattle right just lead singer with a rattle Matt and Gene both had rattles when they would go out and sing um, but yeah so um, that group with Biff Andreas um, they they get going 1978 1979 traveling around, uh, Biff called it the original five. Um, him, his brother, John Andreas, guy I mentioned, John, um, people usually leave him out of like, well, people now don't really learn from elders anymore. But when mm -hmm. you when you would go and learn from Biff, um, he would give a lot of credit to his brother, John, um, for not only learning from men who were, were, were contemporary singers, but their own grandmother, who remembered songs from Augustine Reservation, non-Chayam clan songs um, that go way, way back. And there were no male singers left in their clan. Um, but she had a notebook and she like worked on the songs and um, and they studied with her as well from the time they were young. Um, yeah, so that original five, they get going. So Biff, his brother, John Andreas, uh, Matt Pablo, Gene Pablo, and Walter Holmes. Um, he's like the, the young, super young guy of the group, you know, and uh, like he's usually one that would dance. Like there's old recordings floating around out there. If you hear someone dancing, it's probably him. Um, and you can hear him jamming out, man. Like uh, there was contests around back then. He would have been winning, winning those contests, you know. Um, 
usually when you say there's old recordings going around, you know, our old film, it's like talking about something about devious, but they, <laughs> <laughs> some old bootleg bird dance. <laughs> yeah. True, true. It has a whole, whole different meaning now. Yeah. Huh? I don't, know, I don't know if those recordings even going around too much because yeah, those yeah. are old times. Yeah, people couldn't afford technology back then. I imagine you know, yeah. I mean, they didn't. Have, it wasn't as ready as now. Now everyone's got a cell phone. Yeah, everyone's got phones, the internet. You just YouTube. people just jumping on there, YouTube and yeah. and yeah, you, you know, you do see like this. Like a template's a good word where you just see uh, a group of guys get together. They learn. I don't know who they learn from or don't learn from or whatever, but mm. they definitely have a look. And it's like you get some people together and they're a group. Step one, and like step one, and yeah. Give ourselves a name, a starter pack. You know, we started. You know, guys like you and me are memeing them on uh, on Facebook. But, but I mean, yeah. and then they learn like uh, ten songs. You're good to go. You know, powwow ready, and you're learn an hour. You're gathering ready. Ten if we're lucky these but, days. Uh, but it, it um, but people yeah. don't realize because I've, I've heard people say, "Oh man, it's so good to see so many people out there." And I agree, it's it good. It's it so good. good. To see so many people um, appreciate the culture, yes. want to have a taste of it, have a you know, be involved, yes. have an understanding, a little bit better understanding. Especially when you you know we look back and think, man, these things could have been, you know, wiped out, totally annihilated and gone. Right. So right. to see everybody have a right. pride in it too, not just a you know, but a real pride. Right. This represents our culture, our our region, our area, our tribes. Um, yeah. It's beautiful, but at the same time, you have to worry that sometimes quality and quantity are not the same thing. So. Just because there's so many people doing it doesn't mean there's a lot of people that are really trying to learn it all or to try to uh, dive deep into it. You know, it might be enough for somebody to be able to get out there and shake their gourd. And that's good. They're proud. They're taking part in their culture. They're mm-hmm. around it. They're appreciating it. But, it, you know, that's a very different than a person who's going to learn a few songs. And the person mm-hmm. to learn a few songs is very different than the person that's going to dedicate their life to trying to learn the whole cycle and meaning and just, and just really look at it as a lifestyle of lifelong learning mm-hmm. and to just... To look at it like there's always more to learn and to try to, to yeah, to go search out, to humble themselves out. Cause I, I believe it's a humble thing, mm. humility thing, to humble themselves out and go find a teacher, a mm-hmm. person who is credible, who's been doing it, who knows it, comes from it, and and to sit there and be help, you know, to be down our way. We'd always say if someone was learning, well, they're just learning, they're help. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was something that you should no, be proud to all. help somebody. Yeah, but now you start to sing right away. People want to be the lead. They want to be the head guy. They want to take on something that they don't even really truly understand what that means. Because, I, I mean, there's a lot of responsibility to your people to take on that role. Or to, and, and generally, yeah. those roles were given to you. They were told that you had to do them. They were, you were, were kind of They were asked to do those yes. things. You didn't yes. just jump in those positions and say, I'm the guy, because that lacks all humility to do that. And so, um, yeah. you know, like, and, and it's just a role that it's hard for people to understand unless they've lived that life a little bit to know um, that you want to take on that role. But you're supposed to go out and find a, a, an established singer and learn from them. So you can yeah. learn all the things, you know, and so as I see it go so widespread and so many people doing it and so many people out there, and it is a good thing. I, I do worry that sometimes that becomes the focus, and what the focus is is is, is really just as as the music, a melody, mm. and the show, and it's very it's very shallow. And what about all the backdrop? What about the protocols? We throw that word out there. <laughs> but what about like the backstory, the the tie in to the stories, the creation stories, mm. to the you know, the, just the history of how the songs came down is important too. Who did you learn from? Who did they learn from? Right. I always look at our bird songs mm. as almost like. Um, like how 
like jujitsu, jujitsu or martial arts practitioners look at their black belts, you know, like, exactly. can you trace yeah. where your black belt came from? Who was your teacher's teacher's right, teacher? Right. You should be able to do that with your songs. Who was your teacher? Who did they learn from? Yes. What was the challenges yes. they were going through? Did anything change as they had those songs? And then who did they mm. learn from? Was there a change of practice in that time period? Because there have been minor changes here and there. But this is an ancient thing. It's an when ancient culture. When you have a culture, teacher, you know they, those changes yeah. exist. They tell you about they it. They tell you. They tell yeah. you. Exactly. I, you know, I was talking yeah. to my mom a while back, and she was talking about uh, back in the, I guess it was the late 60s, and she said that uh, she was a Manzanita, mm. and uh, it was, it was and if you've ever been in Manzanita when it's cold, it's, it's like real cold. It's cold, cold. Mm. Um, but it was like uh, snowing. It was oh, like I legit snow in there, and they were at a doings there, and uh, her uncle was singing, and uh, they told him, and at that time, you sing outside, or people always sing outside down this mm. way, and they, they went told him, like, hey, you know, uh, uncle, you need to go inside and sing, it's too cold, and I guess he was like, no, no, it's okay, you know, I'll sing out here, and she said that some of the older ladies came out and kind of gave him some, some business and said, no, no, you go inside, and you sing, so um, they took him in, and he said, all right, he went there, and he started singing inside. And that was the like the first time that our singers were in, indoors singing. Sure, sure. Now you fast forward fifty years, and it's like, you know, make room. The singers are coming, you know, and everyone's indoors, and we've gotten so used to singing indoors. Conference that, rooms, classrooms. Yeah, and it's like that's rooms. a new thing. Very new. Very new thing. But Very an up and coming singer would imagine that. Now we're talking that, a couple generations ago. Like we're not far removed at yeah, all. Yeah, my mom's seen that. Yeah, my mom, yeah, yeah. you know, she's older, but she's seen that as a, as a younger mm. girl. She's or as mm. a as a young lady, she's seen that happen. Right. That change. Right. Um, you know, in, in our generation, we've seen the microphone get brought in. Right. Where like you you know get used now to you singing into the microphone, and it's like whoa, man. Uh, you know, I've talked. I was, there's had Mike Morales few, in here a while ago. He's talking about the going back and forth stuff. There's even a few uh, um, Britney Spears style. Mike nah, we got <laughs> we got Garth Brooks coming in with the cowboy hat and yeah, the swing around yeah. mic. Really, I want to get one of those. Oh, <laughs> I'm behind yeah, the, I've seen them around. I'm yeah, gonna have it sewn into the ribbon yeah. shirt. Yeah, no, Mike is right, like like that. <laughs> yeah, the movement that's kind yeah. of stopped. Everyone got yeah. stiff and dancing in place. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I remember going to gatherings as a kid, and it was. You, and you sang for a, lo a longer period of time, so it wasn't so loud and boisterous. You were mm. you were singing, and it was all about melody and and just kind of mm. singing very naturally. And then that changed over to um, I know people in the East call it powwow bird. They sometimes call it that, you know. I but it's like, that. but it's like yeah, powwows and gatherings mm. where you sing four or five songs. That's it. So then it becomes this real loud and real. You know, you're pushing it. There's no way you can keep that up for do you three think, hours though. Yeah. Do you think? So just that difference right there, that's a strong dichotomy. Right? Yeah, and in a short period of time, All too. All night versus five songs. Mm -hmm. So if we move gatherings, powwows, whatever, bird gatherings to that to that template, right? Mm -hmm. Where people, you sing five songs, you see three, during his three songs. Do you think that kind of enables those people who don't have those all night long teachers, right? They're not learning from dusk until dawn, right? Yeah. Do you think that kind of enables that it's a new tradition in my opinion i mean let's be honest how long does it take to be able to do that skill if that's a skill how long does it learn to do that skill set to be able to sing yeah. 10 songs we'll just we'll be nice and say 10 songs at a gathering how long does it take to learn that skill set all you need is a cd you could do yeah. that a cd maybe a year or two even a couple months maybe less i don't maybe know it don't take it don't take much of a skill set to I do that know. Um, especially if you're not expected to explain what the songs are or to have meaning into it, you're just literally providing music. 
yeah. is what you're doing. They don't take much of a skill set. But yeah, you, yeah, you're gonna you're being asked to sing all night. That's a whole different thing, and that's a real skill set that takes years and years and years to develop, understand, my to students, do. My students are gonna roll their eyes right now because I say this so often, right? <laughs> but I always say the old timers had it all figured out. Yeah, right? it's they, true. They really did. So if you sing from dusk until dawn, if you're doing that all night outdoors, mm -hmm. right? You're gonna weed out the people who aren't dedicated real quick. Yeah, that's so true. That's a natural, natural selection, right? Like right yep. there, right? Like you you have to really be committed because it's not all Instagram and Facebook likes, right? It's not about social media. When you're actually doing this stuff, mm -hmm. it there's real sacrifice, there's real toll, there's real burdens involved. Mm -hmm. There are real burdens involved. I know you live it, so I know you know it. Um, but these uh this other way, right? <laughs> like I, I feel old even having this conversation. Hey, right? Back in my day, <laughs> right? these kids these days. But man, I would have been smacked down so fast, right? Like, <laughs> like uh, if I just bought a rattle and like went out there and started like, 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 like you know, just like you didn't do that. You get right? humiliated. They'd rip your ribbons off your shirt, and Dude, I got uh, nowhere like, else Joe, to go. Joe would have taken that rattle and smashed it, you know, yeah. or, or Bouye would have, you know, like. Or, or Biff, right? Like, like yeah. you just, just jump out there. Like, yeah. You, like, you had to be asked to sing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so like, yeah. <laughs> well, nowadays, if you even think of trying to deprive somebody the opportunity to learn some of the stuff, you're a bad person. Oh, yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. The, the attitude is, like, really flipped on its head. And I get that. Some of that, yeah. I think, is because we are, you know, the, the, the lights are flashing. You know, the alarm, our cultures could die off if we don't do something about it. You know, I, we should probably it, do that with language first, start with language and then yeah. work our way out. But singing is flashy. And as uh, you're in that world, you do get a lot of accolades. People do respect you. People do give you a lot of um, a lot of hype and things. You know, it's really flashy. It's shiny. People feel proud when they're out there shaking that gourd and got the chest in the air and everything else. And they iron their they iron their ribbons only, really good. They only knew what they were saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're singing bad words to, in a very ceremonial pitch. Mm. But um, <laughs> but it's it's like, it's uh, yeah, a long time ago it wasn't like that. You kind of had to be brought into it. You, you know, our to. hand games were like that. A lot of those things you were... You to be brought into it. Because it was expected that... You know, here's the thing. Is, is we're talking, you, you brought up about singing five, six songs versus singing all night. And as I was told younger, when I was younger, was that like, you you know, you, you start in on this journey. It's not for everybody, you know? You may not know that until you're a couple years in or something, but it may not be for you. Mm. And sometimes, you know, you get brought in and it's not for you. And that's hard to tell a kid or an adult, you know, mm. and their heart's in it when they start, they're all in. And it's kind of like, well, this, you know, we'll see how you are in a few no, years. That's true with everything. You might be diehard right now a year in or two years or even five years in or even 10 years in. Mm. But it may not be for you, you know. Um, the creator might take it away from you, you know. Yeah. Um, if you mistreat it, most likely it'll be taken from you. Yeah. But it's like, it may not be for you, you know. You may give up on it at some point. So it was meant to be hard. It was meant to be something that you really overly valued. Mm. And so you go out there and you start singing. You learn a little bit. And then you go out there and you start singing around. And what was told to me is that the moment you go out on your own, you break away from your teacher. You know, your, your teacher is sharing with you. They're giving you a part of what is the most important to them because chances are they've dedicated their whole life to it, their whole energy. You know, a lot of times these guys are older. They're not feeling good, but mm. they've put all their energy into this thing that, frankly, 30 years ago wasn't really appreciated like we do today. But they lived through that and they kept it going. And now they mm. have it. This very guarded thing. Mm. It's the most 
sacred in their life. It's most singers look at that as more important than their wife, you know, and they put that before their families and that holding on to that, protecting that. And they shared a little bit with, with a, a younger singer, a newer singer. Mm. And then that singer decides, well, I know enough, breaks off and goes and leads. First off, it's a disrespect to that singer, to that older singer to say, well, I took what I need. I'm going to go now. And some singers going to say, well, say, you know, all right, well, go on, go do what you're going to do. You know, you know it, then go ahead and go do it. Don't mm. ask me for any help. Right. Cause it's, it's a very different thing than me, you know, than saying or being there and your singer saying, Hey, I need you to sing for this. I am asking you to go sing for this. And so that's why most singers say like, I was asked to do this. I didn't want to do this, but I was asked to do this. And then you're asked to do a little here and a little there. And it's kind of like Nacho Libre when he's showing up and he's doing the whole, you know, service on the guy, you know, and he's all goofy because I don't know what he's doing. Remember when he puts the quarters on the eyes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're kind of like doing that. Like right. you're asked to go sing for these ceremonies right. or for these, and you're kind of clunky because you're just doing it. And you're like, oh, I think this is how he did it. Like, ah. mm. but you're learning along the way. And when you mess up, you go back to your teacher and they explain to you how you messed up and what you should do and why. And, and you grow with them as they're getting you into that position to one day take over for them, you know, and they may have a few guys they do that too. And like you're saying earlier, at one point they might get up and tell everybody, and I've seen this in my lifestyle with some of the song cycles around here. Um, there was an elder, uh, man, close to hundred years old, maybe over. Mm. He'd come out from the East and uh, towards the end there, he would get up. He made the speech a bunch of times. He'd get up and he would just say like, this is my student right here. And he was talking about my cousin, uh, John Chrisman. Mm. Mm. And he'd say, this, this guy is going to take these songs, these songs that I sing. I remember I've him. given him it all. I've given mm. it all. He's got it. You know, he's mm. the guy, he's the guy that's going to sing these songs. Mm. And he said that and, and, you know, you hear it and you're like, okay, you know, like, but you're here. So, you know, you don't worry about it. Like, but you're you here. respect that. You respect it. And what ends up happening is there's a time when that person's not there. And you go, wow, okay, well, he already told you what's going to be. Right. This is the guy who's taking those songs, that cycle. Whatever he is, he put into that man. And he's the one that carries it. And that's an old it. traditional way. And I've seen that. They had it all that's figured the, out. They had it all figured they had out. They all figured out, even that. Yeah. And the one thing that, I, you know, I think people don't realize is like the old mm -hmm. ways too is, if you were out there at you're out there singing I'm a lead, you're kind of advertising that that you know it, you got it. So I so know if in you our ask area. A question, yeah. You better know the answer. You better know the answer. <laughs> or better yet, you know, when someone comes and they're like, Hey, we mm. want uh we like your singing. Let's just say this young person knows how to sing well. Mm, good voice. We like your singing, sure. good voice, you know, mm. you carry yourself in a good way. I want you to come mm. sing for my family for these things. Mm. And they're going through a hard time. Now that singer has to turn to that family and say, Well, you know, I only know five songs, I can't get that done. I need you to come sing for my family all night. Well, I, 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 I really so, can't figure I don't really know how to do that. I would be so embarrassed. It's false advertisement. You know, it really is what it is. So, and it's not that that person may not ever get there. That person can't get there. No, of course. It's just, it, there's a time in, in, in which they have it and they right. don't have it. Right. So it, the humility of you has to just be like, I'm just learning. I'm just learning. Ask my teacher. So... You know, I don't know if people ask my teacher should be the response. I think I don't know if people value the learning part so much. I, I, God, this is going to sound so mean or like I'm just talking smack. I don't mean it that way at all. I think it's a culture shift, right? It's not just mm. it's not just Indians, right? Like fucking Trump, too, right? Like like, like the whole like anti-intellectualism. They don't want to learn. They don't want to take years to study. They want to do actual research. They want to watch, you know, a quack doctor on YouTube, right? It's the same thing here, right? Like there are people who no longer value the learning process itself. They want that instant gratification that comes with 
being <laughs> being in front of a microphone with a rattle in your hand, right in the middle of the line, with mm-hmm. everybody looking at you and dancing in front of you, right? But they don't want to take that journey. And I, I, we, we overuse some of these terms, I know, but it really is a journey. It's a lifelong journey mm-hmm. that they, they don't they don't want they don't want to do that. It's just a shortcut. And like you said earlier, right, that there's a lot of people singing now, and that's good. I don't know if it's completely good. Like in English, I would use the word good. Oh, it's good to see everybody out there singing and dancing. In Ivia, I couldn't use the word that we use for good. Mm-hmm. Because I know what that, that, that word entails. That word involves everything that we've just been talking about. That lifelong dedication to something. And doing it for the right reasons. And not just doing it to you know for the attention part. I guess that's what it boils down to for me. Is you have... The vast majority of people now, it feels like, maybe it's not the majority, but it feels like the majority are doing things for for the attention Mm -hmm. and not for the knowledge, right? The knowledge, it's there. They could be asking Walter right now, right? They could be at Walter's house right now, bringing him some tobacco, asking what he needs and, and learning. They're not. People might assume that people are doing that. Let me tell you, they're not doing that, Yeah. Instead, they're buying rattles or buying ribbon shirts and <laughs> starting up instant bird singing groups. And I don't know if everyone can tell the difference. I feel like most people can't tell the difference anymore between because it is those five minute little increments, yeah. five song increments. And when that's all it is, you can't tell the difference between an elder who has dedicated his entire life from the time he was a small child to now he's an elder man. Yeah, to this tradition versus someone that knows five songs. It's hard to, to see the difference when the, when the format of the gathering has changed to where it is just, you know, you can just, just sing the top five songs. Yeah. Just, just sing a few jams that stick in everybody's head. And it doesn't take practice to learn those songs, right? That they're catchier songs, right? The ones that everybody sings, they're catchier songs. Yeah. And we know, right? That there are songs where it takes a lot more study to get them right, the melody, the tempo, um, and not not even just to mention like the things that you learn when you have an actual teacher. But how do you greet each other? How do you greet another singer? What do you do? Like how do you even learn? Mm-hmm. Right, like like people now aren't even learning how to learn, and they don't even know like like how to maybe they don't know how to approach elders. I don't know. But to me, this looks like a lack of effort. To me, this looks really lazy from like the way I came into it. Um, I, I came into it in that way, right? Like so, so Walter singing with Biff and John and Matt and Gene, that tradition to where eventually we never thought he'd be like like that's the one, like the one lead singer, right, for the area, right? It was when when Biff was getting towards the end of his life, he couldn't go do those things anymore. Right, like he, he wasn't mobile enough to go, and even the rattle was heavy for him after his stroke. It was hard sometimes. People don't know like yeah. everything that these men go through. W- women too, but people involved in the tra- tradition, mm-hmm. there are real sacrifices involved. Yeah, family time, wives, children, that lack of time that you spend with them, right? Um, but medical, medical sacrifices yeah. as well, and. Um, and so yeah, Biff did all of that, and he asked 
he asked me to take over where he couldn't go around anymore. And, and he started going around. And I remember the first time he sang in front of Biff. He was so nervous, man. Like, and um, and it felt weird for all of us to sing in front of the master, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I learned from Biff like on the side, you know, apart from everybody too. But um, but the way it all came about was very organic. And um, so Walter started singing, started leading, um, Kawia Bird for Morongo, and um, his, his dad Joe Joe Vecchio asked me to sing with him. And um, I was like a shy, you know, like, no, you know, like I was just like way too intimidated, you know. Like, no, no, it'll be good for you. you know? Like, if you really want to sing, like, he'll be good for you. And like, um, he wanted us to, um, he knew I cared about him. He knew that I would help him stay on the straight and narrow and keep him away from some of those. <laughs> That'd be a good influence. Good influence. <laughs> and, um, and so that's how that came to be. I never jumped in and just assumed, you know, like, I'm going to buy my, my, buy a rattle and, no, like another elder, Alvino Siva, like he helped me make my first rattle and told me I got to give it away. You got to mm-hmm. give away your first one. And another elder, you know, Biff, he taught me how to make the, the next rattle that, that I ended up keeping. And um, between that time, Joe gave me a rattle. Ernie Murillo gave me a rattle when, because um, I, I would cremate the rattle sometimes, you know, but um, but they would give you rattles and ask you, to, ask you if you could sing. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> like I, 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 going through all that, right, and um, some of the best years of my life, right, my youth, right, yeah, was spent um, with these with, with these elders, and and it's it's somewhat lonely. It's lonely for them. It's lonely for you. That learning and teaching process, and um, and it's sad. We have to say goodbye to them. Right, mm-hmm. we have to let them go. It, it crushes you and you need that year. I don't know if people take years off anymore, but I, I took years off for each of them. That's just what I was taught to do. Um, but I needed those years. I, I needed that year off for each of them. And uh, when I came back into it, like sometimes when you're singing, like, like, like you hear their voice. You can hear it. Huh? Yeah. And I, uh, I'll get tears in my eyes and I, I feel my heart going back with them and, all these memories, flood of memories come back, right? It's beautiful. It's sad. It's, it's, um, it, it's, uh, like bittersweet, I guess would be the word. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and to me, it doesn't even compare. It's a completely different world today. Yeah. Seeing people like, like, like that, that heart isn't there. And <laughs> I'm not talking about, I don't know. They're in for the, I, I, I'm not saying they don't care about it. Yeah. But I'm saying like they're not carrying those elders with them the way like the way Walter explained it to me just this morning we we're talking. Um, the way Walter explained it to me is you're carrying them with you. Right? Like you want to make them proud when you're le- when you're learning from them, but you never stop wanting to make them proud. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you don't just stop when, when they leave this world, you don't just stop caring about them. You still care about them. You still want them to be proud of what you're doing. And those kinds of governing um, forces on your actions, where it's picking up a rattle, making a rattle, giving away a rattle, offering tobacco, all the things that you do as a singer. Um, it's really hard for me to see someone in the same way who knows five songs that they got off of YouTube or some CD or some, mm-hmm. you know, flash drive. 
and bought a rattle, you know, maybe they buy a, a, cat, a cowboy hat too and some ribbon shirt, you know, like. Yeah, I'm feeling attacked right now with the cowboy hat comment. <laughs> I'm not dissing the hat. Biff wore a hat. I'm not dissing the hat. JR was hot out there. I need to Way wears hats. <laughs> I'm already. <laughs> I, 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 I'm supposed to be getting one. But, uh, <laughs> Are you? Are you going to do it? Oh, no, yeah. Got, you got, got it, man. man. I got the gray, so I feel like yeah. I'm ready. You know, it's, it's going to come in. I know my wife's like, because I'm starting to get to the point where my facial hair is gray. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I want you yeah, to wear your too. hair out. I like me the way too. you look. You don't look like a little kid or whatever. I'm like, what? <laughs> the baby face? Was, she doesn't say it like that. She goes, I want you to start looking like a man. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> well, that's not but, demeaning at all. <laughs> but I'm like, meanwhile, I'm growing it out and it's like gray and white. I'm like, I look like Danny Glover. Yeah, the salt pepper. I'm dark. Yeah, yeah the salt yeah, pepper. Yeah, I'm yeah. too old for this. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Because I, I, before I felt too young for a hat. You know, yeah. Like, um, and we've got a saying at Morongo, like, all hat, no cattle. Have you, you guys have that saying down here? <laughs> no. Oh. But I, already, I think I already know what that. Oh, that's probably oh, yeah, me, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, we got a saying at Morongo. Um, <laughs> that guy, he's all hat, no cattle. That's Meaning, like, funny. someone who likes the Western style. Yeah. But he's never he's never worked worked, worked cow. I mean, he's never worked. <laughs> that's me. He, he's never, you know, yeah. Around well, you, know, you know what, though? When I was young, like, the singers that were singing around down here, um, they were all older. And a, mm. a lot of them wore cowboy hats. A lot of them wore button-up right. shirts everywhere, pants. Right. No matter if it was 100 degrees, right. you wore pants. And they wore, like, like usually leather shoes and stuff. Right. And so when you went and sang, that's what you wore. Right. So when I was coming up singing, I was like a teenager. I just thought, well, that's what you're supposed to wear. Yeah, that's like the so, yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. that's what you wear. So right. I, I started right. dressing like that when I was 16, 17. And, mm. and I just kind of kept that going. And then it's actually the last few years where I've kind of gotten relaxed where I'll wear a T-shirt or, like, some, you know, my Vans or whatever. Mm. But... For a minute there, I was always wearing a cowboy hat, and I was doing that look, and I was like, "Why am I wearing this?" I'm not even... But you know, I'd still keep it on for peon, you know. Oh god! Gotcha. So if I was yeah. at a place where I was playing peon, I'd wear it and whatever, and it does it does shade you and things like that, and yeah. it does look kind of smooth sometimes. But no, but um, I, I, I'm gonna have to know. I'm gonna have to bust out the hat. When, <laughs> My when, boy, when the COVID's over. Yeah, you're gonna I'm going, I'm going hat all the way. The snakeskin scoop boots, the oh, ones that go all the way up. <laughs> You're gonna have the matching uh, hat with the belt buckle and the belt and the boots. The I'm not gonna take Hispanic it in my shirt. style with the. I, I, I can't take it in my shirt, man. Like you're gonna have the chest showing a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, I'm buttoning. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but my my uh, my dad used to get out there with his hat, you know, and dance with it and everything. So when mm. my son uh, Ryan he started dancing, he really liked it and stuff, and. Mm. And it was kind of a funky thing because in our area here, we didn't get out there and really dance like that. We were just there and back, there and back. And it was like, you know, we'd see guys out your way, the Kuiis get out there and dance. Mm. And then, um, you know, but it seemed like the gatherings, they were kind of wanting everybody to get out there and do it. The kids, you know, like, oh, we're going to have contests or whatever these things. So mm. I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I see my dad get out there and dance like that. So I went and had a conversation with him and he was telling me, he goes, well, you know, we were always told when we learned that you don't do that at funerals and stuff. But if gatherings and stuff, you can get out there and dance, have a good time with it. And he goes, and that's why I'll do that. And so, you know, he was explaining that to me and uh, and uh, and my son. And so he mm. actually he told my son, he gave my son his hat, cowboy hat, and he said, "Go dance that for me." He goes, I'm, "I'm, you know, I can't really, I can't really get out there like I used to." At that time, you know, he was getting mm. a little older, and and uh, it was before he had a stroke and a lot of his medical stuff. But he was still a little bit older, you know. Mm. He wasn't really getting out as much. He wasn't traveling. So he told my son to go ahead and do that. So my my boy Ryan Ryan he gets out there and with his cowboy hat and he starts dancing around and stuff and and uh, he's always done that. But he always says I'm dancing with my grandpa's hat. I'm dancing for my grandpa, mm. you know. And um, it's kind of cool. I'd watch him and people would comment and be like, "Man, that's really cool the way he, you know he has like his 
you know, his rhythm. I guess he got that from his mom's side. I don't know. <laughs> That's all me, all me. But he got there and he would dance and uh, with his grandpa's hat and stuff. And so it's funny because I was stealing my son's moves now because I'd get out there and do that too sometimes. <laughs> and uh, my wife called me out on it one time. She's like, hey, out there stealing Ryan's moves. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, kind of. But there was a whole time period where we didn't do that because the majority of the bird that we had in our area was all funerals and wakes. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was rare. You know, like in the 80s, late 80s, uh, early 90s, we didn't have a lot of gatherings down here. There were fiestas. Mm. People were getting together, you know, right. they were partying and you might have an old singer off to the side or something like that, or like a little hour during a day. And it was like, you know, it wasn't like now where singer get up, gets up and everybody dances. And there's a big long line. Mm. It was just a few people get up to sing and a couple of ladies would go dance and then that would kind of be it. People would watch. Right. And it really wasn't a spot for the young kids to take part. So me, like I would watch this stuff or if my dad went saying, I'd go sing, you know, with him and stuff. But it was generally like an older thing, you know, and, right. and it would be weird probably to get out there and really get down like that when there's just a few people out there. So when the gatherings came around and every rest started popping up, having their own gathering and mm -hmm. the, the bird world started in our area, started to really grow and everybody's getting their kids out there and there's, there's youthful energy and everyone's being part of it. It's just kind of the natural progression just to kind of, I guess, dance a little bit more like that. Yeah, I agree. I and I guess bring it back a little bit, you know? Also, I got to say those Mojave women, right? Like, What are you going to say about them? I'm just you, kidding. They'll make you feel real guilty not dancing when you see yeah. them out there all ages, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean. It'll be 120. They're out there full right, beads, full right, dresses, full right. scarves. And, and like, they're you're not, not you're not gonna dance yeah they're not slowing right, down right. like no you're good get out there right. just like yeah i know what you mean you know what i mean 100 and they're barefooted i know i'm like know. man pour some water on the ground you're gonna burn your feet off i smell bacon no mike and i <laughs> mike and i were talking about that the other day about how like it's you cooking. didn't really see women out here um dancing in our area yeah um until like those women from the river started coming out and yeah. really really getting down then that made our girls start to go out there and dance too yeah yeah I, I i think our area also mm. you know because when i was a kid like my mom would dance um you know there's there was like older ladies that danced sure. but they've all passed sure. on now um a lot of them have passed on now and there wasn't really very many youth that danced i remember uh, uh angel largo at a campo she was like one of the few young ones that i would mm. see out there dancing and uh now she has kids she lives out in the phoenix area but she danced i remember mm. she was around my age and she was one of the young ones and then you know, like mid nineties, late nineties, you start to see like a whole group of girls, like they start to do youth groups or like youth, uh, culture camps and mm -hmm. culture trainings. And you start to see girls come out of that. But like the late eighties, early nineties, I didn't, there wasn't very many, uh, uh, young ladies, especially there weren't very many out there mm -hmm. and just women in general, just people would watch, they would just watch the, the ladies who did yeah, it in our area. Like in that time, it would have been like Jenny Lyons has always been out there dancing. So it'd been Jenny. Biff's old group. So Biff's old group, he had a lot of dancers, the Chihuahua girls, um, and all of his daughters, Lala, Michelle, um, Sherry, all of them dancing. Um, oh, Sydney St. John at Morongo. Um, that's a, um, his brother John's daughter, um, stepdaughter. Um, uh, like those would have been the dancers back then. Um, but for the elder dancers, it would have been, yeah, um, Jenny Lyons. And on the Serrano side, um, probably not, like I said, man, some of these conversations make me feel really old because like, I know a lot of people now on the res yeah. are, are going to have no idea who I'm talking about, let alone like what they did. But there are these three sisters, Dot, um, Julia, and, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on, oh, Catherine, um, Ramon. Um, and, and they would dance bird and they would dance arm in arm. 
So like, like they would always like. Oh, they locked in. They locked. Oh in. wow! And they would walk back and forth. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We did that our area down in Baja. They still do that. Mm. It hasn't been lost down there, but here, from what I was told, that's how it used to be a long time ago too. That's what I was told too. And I was, I was told that that like helped create the unity of the people. Like everyone was dancing together. Right. Whereas now everyone's very yeah. individualized. They get their little circle. They dance. You know, and and part of that, in my own opinion, and this, I mean. I see my mom. She's in her late seventies. You know, I went and sang mm. for a wake a few weeks back, and she got up and she danced all night as I sang. She just danced all night, and my daughters danced with her, and mm. and she can still do it. She can dance all night. Every song, get up and dance. If we're dancing, she's up. She's dancing, and you know, um, she's older, so you know, it's. Uh, I'm sure it's not always easy on the body to dance right. all night like that, but that's part of the dedication she has, and it's part of the. She always says it's part of the sacrifice. You're mm-hmm. giving that to your purpose of why mm-hmm. you're there. You're giving. That's part of what you're giving. Some people bring water. Some people bring food. You know, when you're out there dancing, you're giving of yourself. Even mm-hmm. in the happy times, you're giving your. They, someone put that gathering together. Someone put resources out there. They want to bring together. It doesn't people. just happen so, on its own. No. So yeah. you're there. You're yeah. dancing hard. You're putting that. Someone sits yeah. back who did all that work. Like, man, look at the people dance. Mm-hmm. You're you're inspiring people, right. and you're giving of yourself to do that. But then, you know, I go to some of these gatherings and I see people dance like four or five songs, 10 songs, and they're doing that individualized dancing and they're hooting and hollering and it's cool. You know, they're expressing themselves. Don't want to hate on it. But then they're like, oh, I'm tired. I gotta go sit down. And I think to myself, that's not, you shouldn't have to sit down when my mom could dance all night and you're for real. But again, it's a different style of dance. It's a different mentality going in first off, I think, um, in that trying to sacrifice. But again, it's a different style of dance where you're just, you're sprinting. As opposed yeah. to this is a long period thing where you're going to uh, singing's like that, too. Yes. And I'm guilty yes. of it. You know, sometimes get up there and really start over pushing in and jamming. Because, <laughs> you know, you're singing five songs. After that, you can rest and relax. Yeah. Whereas if you know you're singing all night, you're going to start out low and slow like you're pace supposed yourself. to. Pace yourself. Right. And you're right. singing at an appropriate level, appropriate everything. Mm. You're not wearing yourself out. And you can sing however long as you need to. When you go two nights, well... You do need to rest in there, but you're you're gonna need you can do it. You can do right. it because you're pacing yourself. But you do that 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 powwow bird, quote unquote, where you're really pushing it. And I mean, I don't know, yeah. people doing kinds of craziness, but they do that. I don't. I don't think you can keep that up three, four, five hours. You're just not. You can't keep that up all night. You're gonna fall apart. It's a whole different tradition. It's a different thing. Point, right? Yeah, like it's a whole different thing. A whole different animal. Um, shoot, like it's really not. I really don't want to come off like I'm trying to like lecture, you know. Like, I got no hate for anyone, right? I got nothing but peace and love in my heart for everybody. But Can't I we all say, just get along. But I gotta say, right? I, Rodney King, I feel you. I feel you. But people don't know how much they're cheating themselves mm-hmm. when they take those shortcuts, right? So, like the way Walter explained it to me. Um, yeah, you, you're carrying you're carrying all of that with you. You're, you're carrying them with you. You're carrying their sacrifices with you. You're, you're walking that same path. You're walking in their shoes. Sometimes the exact same path from this res back to this res back over here. Sing all night there. Get there early. Then you're all there. I remember Joe getting places the day before, staying all night. You went. You'd be the last one to leave. Yeah. First one there. And um, people. I, I guess for me, it's just really hard for me to even understand where they're coming from now. Because to me, all of that is what makes it worth it. Like, like, yeah. like, like th- th- that is a reward, right? Like, it's work, but it's sacrifice. But um, 
but you really understand why you're there. You understand why we sing from dusk until dawn. You understand what the songs are telling us to do. You understand why we walk back and forth. And I know it's different up here or down here, but um, like in Kuwait territory, we don't use bird for, for funerals and wakes. Uh, we have a different set of songs. Mike is actually a keeper of those songs that mm -hmm. he learned from Catherine Sobel. And she's our, our last um, singer of those songs. And um, I don't know, man. To me, it just seems like, like the shortcuts. Yeah, I mean, it's great if like all you want is like a Facebook page, you know, or, or some Instagram, you know, accolades. But um, you're, you're, you're really cutting yourself out from this continuous line of connection that goes all the way back to the time of creation. Yeah. We people were, were preserving the story, the songs, the dances before it could be recorded. Yeah. Right. So like there was no tape recorder to listen to. There was no YouTube video to watch how to do this thing. Right. Imagine those sacrifices. Right. That's even more. Right. So on top of that, like you have no modern like, like aids to help you learn. It's all traditional learning. And to me, like, you are you're disrespecting all of that yeah. you're disrespecting all of that sacrifice and yet there's blessings that come with it too um and and you're cutting yourself short from those blessings but but why disconnect yourself like that like like why not go and learn from an elder and again any teacher is great but we still have elders right yeah. we still have elder singers yeah and they should have a line of guys like uh, uh, all those guys want to buy bandanas and ribbon shirts and rattles, right? There should be a line of them outside of their doors yeah. waiting to learn. And I, I know their doorways, right? I'm in them still, right? <laughs> so and, and there's no you line. You know who's coming and going. And right? Yeah. Right? I, I, I still go, right? And um, and there's no line out there waiting to learn. Yeah. And, and to me, it's really... So, yeah, it's good to see everybody out there. Man, it feels good when, you, when you're dancing and like... Like you hit that zone where everybody, you it's feel, like you're at the club hall. You just kind of want to sit back yeah, and you feel that good energy, me. right? Like, yeah, I feel I, it. I'm not dissing the energy at all. Sure, but I don't understand why you would detach yourself from something that has that kind of power. Yeah, you know, I, like to me, like like it's so superficial. Like 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 it's. It's good in English, but I can't use the Ivia word for it because in, in Ivia, you do it all for the right reasons, right? Like you have to, otherwise, you know, you don't sing, right? Like even if you feel like those bad intentions coming in while you're singing, you're supposed to stop singing, right? Like, like remove your voice from the song if your heart isn't there right now, right? Because all those things, like the butterfly effect, it has cause and effect. And um, it, it can affect your own health. It can affect your family's health. It can affect everyone around you. And it's all about maintaining that achama for the community. And you don't want to disturb that in any way. And um, so, like in English, yeah, I would say that's good. I would say that's good that everybody, that we see so many like youth and everybody singing. It is beautiful. It, it is, it's a spectacle, but I got to say that it's an attractive spectacle, right? Like it yeah. looks good. Um, but if yeah, I couldn't use that word for it. I, I, I there's other words I could use. I'm not trying to, you know, like like be mean or joke around. Mm -hmm. No, like there are other positive words I could use, but that particular one has to do with maintaining health and that that positive energy that makes us that in our way it creates health. Um, that's the source of health. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't use that word for it because 
I know that some of these people are coming in um, in a way that isn't, they're not doing what you're supposed to do is all the way I can put it. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, you know, there's like a part of the process, you know, like if you really love bird or you're really about it, because I think people come in, they're like all about it. Like I was saying the first year or two years, three years in, you know, even, even 10 years in, you know, they think they've been in it so long, you know, they think they know what it is. And what they don't realize is people have put their whole life into this generationally right. and put all of that knowledge, understanding, experience into another person, a young, a younger mm-hmm. singer person. And then they've also done that and have done that generationally so that when you go under the wing of an old person, a, a person that's done it for a generation or who's mm-hmm. learned from someone who's done it for generations, um, even if they themselves start it later in life, if they take on under the wing of someone who has that experience, sure. they're getting all of that put into them. And sure. it's some of that's spiritual, some of that's intellectual, some of it's philosophical, mm. even just the physical mechanics of how to do it. Right. All of that stuff's getting right. put in. Right. And it's, um, man, like you have to experience that a little bit to to understand the beauty of it, to really love. It's like falling in love with someone but you don't really know them. You just like the way they look. That's a great way. You, to you know the way they look. And you're like, damn, looks good. Is this is this Cardi B's other sister? What is this? You know. But it's like the reality yeah, yeah, is, it's yeah. like, do you yeah. know their? Do you know their history? Do you know like their inner emotions? Do you know what they're like when they're tired? Do you know what right. they're like when they're right. cranky? You know, um, are they half crazy? But no, I mean for real, like you know, you have to really love the bird a little bit, and part of the bird. Okay, the bird isn't just the songs, and it's not just the dance. It's like the history of mm. how it got to you, both in creation times mm. to now, but also the last couple generations. Um, part of the bird is the process. You have to be in love with the process. And I think what you're talking about is kind of what I'm always talking about. Again, we're sounding old right now, but <laughs> but is the uh, is the process. You know, you love the process because it gives it an extra meaning. Yeah. Well, you said it gives it meaning. Earlier. You said that we're earlier talking about your mom dancing. Mm-hmm. You said the word purpose. Yeah. That's yeah. a word that Biff would use a lot. Um, I used to go and yeah, bring them tobacco, talk. We sit, we smoke. Uh, um, and for him, so <laughs> the difference between, uh, again, sound really old to people, I know, but um, in his generation, Singers were appointed. Mm-hmm. He was the last one appointed in that traditional way. He was the last one, the last living man, um, even to this day, who was appointed in that old way. You're going to be the keeper of these songs. The last one at a Hanyanyak where, where people, elders came together and said, this is who we need to do it. Um, he was the last one chosen. And um, he learned the purposes, right? And so when you learn from someone like that, who like was told by the ceremonial leader that this is why we sing these songs first. This is why we sing these songs. This is the story. This is this is the journey right? that you're taking in the songs, right? When you remove yourself from all of that, I, I mean, th- those are multiple generations of lifetimes of learning. Yeah. And everyone's had their little touch. Their little touch. And and the amount of dedication that goes into it. And like like for Biff, I, I, he would talk about, you know, like starting out and he only knew a handful of songs. He was, you know, he, he would repeat sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. He was learning, he was being taught though. And, um, and I don't, it's really, again, 
I know it sounds old, but um, yeah, what he would describe a lot is the purpose. And the purpose of Bird, mm-hmm. what he told me is that like going through life, like drama is nothing new, right? Like it's, it's in the creation story even, right? Like um, like res drama now, um, it has like like uh, cognates and, and correl- correlations in our oldest story. Imagine right? how our ancestors would be memeing all that. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, it's painted on the rocks. Right? <laughs> yeah. Respect to those first meme makers. The first the original <laughs> memesters. Oh. Oh. But no, I, I Biff would describe like the purpose of, of the tradition itself. And it, it, it's supposed to mitigate all that res drama, right? All those interpersonal conflicts that emerge mm-hmm. And it does humble you. It does humble you to be able to sing or even just to attend and to, to stay, stay awake all night long yeah. right? it can be hard. But to do it, to be the one leading the ceremony, to be the one leading the songs, to be the one dancing all and night long. And on call when they need you to be and there. And on call when yeah. they need you. It's my future kid's birthday. If they call you, you, you got to go. That's what Joe would always tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Chenyo. Um, that, that doesn't matter. You got to let that go. But... Um, yeah, like like the purpose is very real, and like we yeah. need we need we need to to find that balance with each other now, right? Yeah. Like 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 the ceremony still exists, bird still exists, the purpose of it still exists, but if people are doing it not knowing what that is, they're not going to get the benefit of what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the purpose. I mean. <laughs> The whole process, you know, the thing is, too, is I don't think people realize that they they're in a shallow version of it when they're doing it, because it does probably feel good. It does feel I mean, because it's such a powerful thing. I know they got to feel good doing right. it. Proud. They got to think that this is the most it can be. And it's like, no, it actually there's even more to it's it. Even more. It's even more to it's it. Even more you know, there's sometimes I hear songs and I just I can hear it in my ears. I think you said earlier where you can hear it out of somebody out like an old person who's gone now. You right. remember the way they sing and you right. can hear it and you can hear it in your ear. You can hear their voice and you remember jokes they had with them or time you sat with them oh, yeah. or just hearing the way they sing. And it's the thing is about elder singers is we get like where we take them for granted, where you just assume they're always going to be there. So if you have a five hour bird session time, you know, and all these young singers want to sing and show off and that's cool. You know, they want to out there a little bit, but it's like you have an elder singer there. Mm-hmm. You should really give them as much time as you can because you don't know how long that singer has, and it's an opportunity to hear that voice, and you're not going to get a lot of time to hear that. You know, I think right. about that sometimes. I'm young, and you know, I'll give up my time or I'll share time. I have no problem with doing that. Mm. Or if there's another singer there, I'll say, go ahead and sing. You know, I'll sit down because I think of myself as young. I think I have a lot of years to sing these songs still. You know, and, mm. and to progress, I would rather listen to an older singer. You know, because I don't know how long they're going to be around, and I value listening to them because once they're gone, they're gone. We've had uh, you know older singers in our area that are gone now that you know I grew up with. Um, They're singers that came out of the desert. I can still hear them sing certain songs, Mm. and it's it's a beautiful thing, and that makes that song so much more powerful. Mm. Touches my heart. I feel good, and uh, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to hear them sing that song. So thankful to be able to sing with them to see that. The little mannerisms, the way they the way they dress, the way they carry themselves, little sure. stories, things that I seen them do that I was like, man, I can't believe, you know, one time uh, may rest in peace, but the late Leroy Elliott, one of our head singers here, mm. our head singer here out this way, um, 
you know, he was towards the end and, and he wasn't feeling good. Um, but we had lost our, one of our elders here in our community. So we were down there singing and, uh, it was, you know, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock somewhere around their time. Mm. And, uh, he was in the hospital and I think he might've had a heart attack. He had some kind of issue where he was, he needed to be in the hospital. Mm. Well, he shows up and we're like, Whoa, what are you doing here? And, you know, he came and, and, uh, and he came to sing. He signed himself out of the hospital. And what he told us was he said, well, you know, this, this lady here, you know, I told her I would sing for her. Mm. If anything ever happened to her, I would sing for her. And she expected that. And he said, so I was going to do anything I could to come and sing for her. So he did. He came and sang a set, sang a, sang a little bit there. Um, and then he had to go again, obviously, because he was, he really needed to be in the hospital. Yeah, but that, he had to come and give of himself like mm. that. And mm. you see things like that and you go, that's so powerful, you know, uh, to give up yourself like that and um, has so much meaning to him, you know, and I, and I think mm. about that sometimes. I think about um, my dad who's had heart problems, you know, for years and back when uh, when I was a younger guy, you know, he'd be like, oh, take over the song because he was having a hard time, you know, physically. So I would mm. lead the song from there um, and then times he was good. And I just think of all these times, you know, I'm just like thankful that I was there. In those moments, it gives me extra pride and purpose beyond just that I like the way the song sounds or beyond it feels good representing your culture or mm. connecting with mm. your guys in the group or seeing the dancers out there. Right. All of that's beautiful. It's all great. But those connections you have um, to look back and be like, yeah, I sang with those guys, you know, to hear some of the younger mm. singers like out in the desert and to think like, man, I remember their teacher. I remember their teacher singing and man, look at them. They're, they're doing it. They're keeping it going. Yeah. They look strong. They sound good. And uh, to see them teaching and to think like it's continuing, like that's a very beautiful thing. It's powerful. It adds mm. so much to it. And mm. if you have an opportunity at that, we know because we've experienced it. We've seen the beauty of that. Mm. Again, we, we love birds. because We've been all up in it, you know, I mean, and around it. That'll sound good the way I compare it, <laughs> but when well, we've been I mean, around it, you know what I'm saying? It is like but, a marriage. I mean, yeah. It like a, it's a very but we know that it's all beautiful, right, all right, parts of it. Right, right. And you can appreciate that. Right. And so we see somebody coming in very shallow or just the very surface of it. It's really hard to understand that, no, there's so much more you could get out of it and have so much more purpose, meaning. And sometimes and, they're being disrespectful without even knowing it. Yeah, because that, it didn't 100%. Because that teacher, right? Like, yeah. The protocol is broken. Right, yeah. right. And it would be such a simple lesson for them to learn mm -hmm. if they just took the time. Yeah. So moral of the story, kids, go out there, find a teacher if you want to learn bird, you know. Right now is an important time because there is a resurgence of our culture. Mm. You know, there's a, it's a time where we're bringing things back. We have the opportunity to bring things back. You know, we're not, you know, it's not being whipped out of us right now. We're not getting killed doing these things. If anything... You know, the outside world is really clapping for us loud when we do these things true, like, true. oh, my God, that's so beautiful what you just did. I don't know what it is, but it's beautiful. <laughs> Meanwhile, these new age singers don't even speak the language. So they're like, I just sang something. That's what I did. <laughs> for real. I don't know what it was, but it was good, too. And they're clapping. But anyways, yeah. all those jokes aside, but it's like it really is a um, it's a time to learn. So it's like you have to realize that part of the learning is not just being able to get out and do, but mm. to have the backstory. And that's the beauty of it, too. It's a big part of the beauty have those connections to singers, to people, to people that have been around in it one more and to thing, learn from them. One more thing. Not all the songs are on tape. Oh, that's not, 100 percent. Not all the songs are on YouTube. Yeah. Not all the songs are on a recording. Yeah. For any of the tribes that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And I know for Kauia territory, if you let that elder sing, you, if you let him sing all night, 
you're going to hear one of those songs you've never heard before. I've um, seen that because Walter sang some two steps at one of the guys. <laughs> and I don't know, I wasn't, I was, I was emceeing, I wasn't dancing. Mm. And I was thankful because, man, there was like Korea dancers out there too. And they looked at him like, what's he singing? And man, they were off step. And you just, you just had that smirk because he knew that these are deep in the repertoire of songs. Oh, yeah. And if you yeah. haven't sat there all night and heard it, yeah, you probably wouldn't know I, them. I love when those moments come up because, because I'm right there on beat and I'm, I'm just yeah. enjoying watching the show, watching people yeah. trying to stay on. And like, like a lot of times I'll, I'll move my feet even before we start singing. We, we start moving after the first spin, right? Yeah. Um, so we come up three times, Kawiya style, come up three times and, and spin. And then drop it like it's hot. Drop it, it like, like it's, it's hot. hot. Nah. <laughs> I, I try to show show people with my feet. Um, as, as some of the girls know to watch, and like I'm trying to help them out a little bit. She wear flip flops and paint them. <laughs> paint the toenails. <laughs> I should I should spice them up. Spice yeah, up yeah. my feet a little bit. The sacred four colors. <laughs> the directional colors. <laughs> They'll be like, I'm looking at his feet. They're all groomed up. Yeah, our, our girls from Morongo, though. I gotta say, like like um. They used to come to our practices, mm -hmm. like Walter Rapp practices at, at the rec. And um, we go out there, it was like on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights. I can't remember. Like, like 10, 20 years ago now, right? Uh -huh. When we used to do this. Um, but they were all real young back then. And they learned some of those hard songs, you know? So like now, like, like, like they'll be right there <laughs> on beat. <laughs> yeah, the top 20. You know what's funny is I was actually watching a contest a while back and, um, you know, pre-COVID days. But mm -hmm. um, they were singing some two-step Kuya songs. And a couple of people are off step, and I remember thinking, like, man, these guys are weak. They should know those songs. <laughs> Even you know them. Yeah, because right? I was like, yeah. I know them. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way with guys' yeah. songs. Right? Yeah, it's like we go yeah. around here, each other sing so much, yeah. you know, you know, like, yeah, 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 you, you how do they know not know songs. that? It's their yeah, own songs. I yeah. I, I feel the same way sometimes. And yeah, yeah, a, a lot of the new people, <laughs> new yeah. people I'm already going to offend half, half yeah. the people watching, but a lot of people who are. <laughs> Uh, Meanwhile, new if you haven't been there for 10, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you um, know what's funny is I, I have a vi I have some videos of um, and I made them into DVDs and they've been sitting in my in my uh, they've been sitting in my office for years. Mm. But it's of like um, it's like Morongo Powwow ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, mm. two thousand one, like around that oh, that's area. Cool. That's cool. That era, and it's so different to see the change from then to now. Sure. Because first off, like it's like men's contest, just like three people out there yeah our women's yeah. contest 18 or whatever it's like there's like five women like all together there may have been like 40 people there all together yeah, nowadays it's like men's now. contest there's like 40 dudes out oh, there yeah and they're oh, hooting and hollering huge. some guys screaming i think they did a, a war cry or a scream <laughs> ah! someone just you know stage dove into i know the who crowd. you're talking about oh. hey <laughs> that mountain kuya no but um <laughs> but uh there you know so you like it's just grown so much but then the thing that to me i look back at those old videos because i was randomly watching i'll show my kids mm. like when uh, all this um covid stuff started we're sitting at home like, oh let's watch some of these old videos you mm. know and um you could see the style so clear back then. You different, could. you know, dancing you styles between the women, the way they dress, mm. the men, the where they're from, the, you know, their style of singing. And now it's become very like everyone's really crossed over from one another. Mm. And I mean, that's cool because we are a unity, and you know, there's a lot more things that we have that are similar about all of us than that we're different. You know, totally, like yeah. so, it's cool to focus yeah. on the similarities, but there are differences, and there's a beauty to each and every one of our unique um tribal ways and you don't want to lose and you don't want to lose that you want to lose your no. tribe's dance you know i mean who who would want that on their people you know because if so we're gonna have to recreate it and i'm gonna make a break dance in there somewhere <laughs> now the one's a robot yeah the robot bird 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. the uh, The whole thing is um, whole thing is out of control. All you out there, <laughs> if you just started, stop. No I'm kidding. Alive from the res with too old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> barely alive from the res or old and down the way it should no, be. I, I really do feel like I date. I, I'm dating myself by having yeah. you know talking about some of this stuff because. That's why I never talk about it. I try to act like, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's people who think I'm like 20-something still. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. It's that's fine. Right. <laughs> go with the flow. Some people See think people that. Think you're way younger, you know. <laughs> they either think that about me or they think that I'm like, you know, really old and all those people mm. that sing with me are all my kids. I was in India this last November and someone's like, man, these are all your kids? A lot of kids. And I just straight face. I looked at them and was like, yeah, they're all mine. Meanwhile, like my cousin stand next to me, and he's like five years older than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it was Boogie. Yeah, Boogie. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's my, this guy's my cousin. But I was like, this guy's my son. I was like, <laughs> he's not older than me. Um, yeah, there's like all these random. I was like, yeah, they're all mine. But it's like because they all had the same color shirt. We're all mariachis now. In the, the oh big, yeah, mariachi. Well, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, somewhere along the world, the world, or along the way, Bird became like. Uh, street gangs where it's like all right what group are you with you know and you got like the red ribbon shirts or you got the black with the you know like actually the blue. happened one time and i got the white ribbon so hey i'm all white or all white one time at a powwow we got <laughs> the powwow organizers didn't let us in right away yeah um the whole group didn't know but i found about kind of afterwards but they let us in right away because they thought we were like some gangbangers. <laughs> you know, like other other tribes, right? You know, let's your feathers and bustles, you know, and um well that's those bandanas, jeans, t shirts, you know. I could see that. I ain't gonna you know, lie. <laughs> you know, you know. And uh and yeah. The starter pack, it's like the Air Force ones with the five oh ones with the white shirt and so the black they were hat. Waiting for Newer bird to begin. Yeah. Right. But they weren't gonna go approach like like these gangster looking dudes out <laughs> in the parking lot, you know. Yeah, that's why you sometimes you gotta wear the ribbon shirts. <laughs> that's real. your pass to get in. No, like, like good parking too. Like yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we went and did um we went and did a, a, a music video with uh the Mag Seven and Taboo and all that whatever. Mm. There was uh, a Bill Madrigal and his family were there and uh, who else? There's some other singers there, but uh, anyways, we went out us and the boys and went out to just sing. And the the director guy or whatever, I think he was he was an Indian guy too. I don't know mm. what tribe or what. But he made the comment a few times, like, all right, we need the Indians up front. We were all native standing there. But he meant, like, the ones with the feathers on the powwow dancers. Oh, oh we need the Indians up front. I was like, oh, what the heck? Meanwhile, we're, I think it was, we're in Pechanga. So it's like we're on a local res, you know. But it, that's what they said, the comment a couple of times. And then uh, I, I was just like, whatever, dude. You know, it's just kind of a stupid comment. But then some of the girls got upset. They're like, that's messed up. And we're like, all right, we better say something. So well, especially I said, some, a couple of us said something to the director. Yeah. Like, first off, we're all native. Blah, blah. Kind of yeah. a little quick breakdown history. And they sure. were like, they felt bad about it, you know. But it was just in their mind. They just thought like, oh, I see the feathers. Like, that's the Indian. Well, it really These is. gang member looking dudes that look like cholos. Totally. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Meanwhile, you know, the bird singers over there all leaned down making, you know, it's like, get, get up, man. Playing the part. Playing the part. It looks like if, uh, it looks like when they took the picture on Blood In, Blood Out, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're all sitting there just doing the thing. Well, plus, I mean, so like you deal with that, but. Got Machete in the background with the gourd. Yeah. No. El fucking Machete would be badass out there. But we we have been orientalized to, to a high degree, right? Like. Hollywood stereotypes and all that, and even powwow culture stereotypes, yeah. and um, yeah, you, know, you always push it back against that stuff. So, um, but th- thankfully now, I think I think Bird is well established now to where yeah, you know, most people are, 
even not just in California recognize, you know, like bird singing and um, <laughs> you got people copying bird in some parts of the country. But um, for the record, anybody listening around the globe, let's just address that right now. <laughs> there is only certain tribes that these songs are indigenous to. Everyone else, yeah, yeah, uh, they're not indigenous to your tribe. That's a really important thing that we should have mentioned. Actually. Yeah, we should yeah, have started so, off with that. So yeah, it's do it really over. Only yeah, <laughs> delete, nah. delete, start over. No, all you kids, yeah. stop singing. All right, let's get to the main part. Top Palom. No, that's okay. a really important like conversation. It really is. There's more than one genre. It's not just bird, right? right. Like there, there's tin can. Um, there's like we're talking earlier. You know, like there's all kinds of genres too. Up in our way, we got um, you know, funeral songs, wake songs, nuclear songs, bird songs, bighorn sheep songs, deer songs. Um, but that social song and dance style that we know as bird, mm -hmm. it is something that just tribes here share. Yeah. It's not nationwide. It's not in fucking Texas. It's it's right. Uh, 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 can we say fuck ton here? Sure. When you say it like I'm that. Sorry. Nah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I kinda, it's I, true. No, I, it's I true. I defaulted into my, my normal way <laughs> of speaking. Some inner anger, anger came out of those <laughs> but, fucking um, Texans. But, um, yeah, it's a tradition. It was not here. taught in the basement of the Alamo. No. From no. Pee Wee Herman. From Pee Wee Herman's bike. <laughs> Remember that when he was like, I'm looking for the basement? They're like, there's no basement There's no here. basement at the Alamo. And there ain't no bird songs there either. <laughs> no bird songs either. <laughs> for so those that don't know, we might as well tell. There's, yeah, there was a yeah, group, yeah. and I, you know, I don't know the whole history, but it was brought to our attention that they were singing bird songs way out there um, near the Alamo in Texas, in that area, San Antonio. They, they relabeled and, uh, it real quick once they got called out into was, river songs. Oh, river songs. But They have the gourd, mimicking the dance moves, mimicking everything. Right. And right. originally they were saying they were right. bird songs, and they had this whole story of how they got them and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, it's not indigenous to that area, and it's not indigenous not to any of those people, to those tribes that all. they claim. And it's um, it truly is a... Uh, What's the technical word for that? Uh, cultural appropriation. appropriation. And so people yeah. don't realize, even as indigenous people, we can appropriate other indigenous people's even say culture. Intellectual property theft. Because it's not it is it's not coherent what they're doing. So you can't hardly say and that. And in our way here, right? Like yeah. it's not just it's not pop music. Yeah. Right? Like there's actual stories, actual yeah. history, it's actual yeah, meaning. Well, the one thing people a lot of times will say is like, oh, I really enjoyed your chanting or something. And you're oh, like, oh, jeez. But it's like, no, no, no. These are words. They're in our language. Right. They have meaning. And it's actually right. very deep. And you just get into a conversation. And no one wants to hear that. They're just yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. sorry. Thank you. It was great. Beautiful. Uh, Bye. I remember uh, getting into that one time with, with a powwow dude. And um, I, I used to do powwow too. You know, not disrespecting that tradition. Love powwow music too. But a lot of those songs are vocables, right? Like where there's not full words. Right. Some have full words. But a lot of it is, you know, way, uh, hey, uh, melody. Yeah. Melody is important. Yeah. But here, like, melody is in the song. There's lots of melody. Mm -hmm. But there's no, there's not, there's no song that exists that isn't telling a part of a story, right? It's right. all communication. Very understandable communication if you know the language. But um, it's all, it's not, it's not just melody. It's not just chanting. It's not grunting. It's. It's communication. Sometimes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. depends who's singing. Well, you know, I think your language and songs are like ours down this way, where um, the way you say something is almost more important than what you're saying. Sometimes it has so much. There's meaning in the affliction of the way you say Definitely. a word. There's meaning in the pitch. 
And so when we're singing these songs, some of the songs are meant to be very low and, and slow. Some are meant to be very high-pitched and very exuberant. You're supposed to push it out a little bit mm-hmm. more. And because there's a meaning that in how you're doing what you're doing, how you're singing it. So, you know, the the melody is important. You know, mm-hmm. I always I always describe it like as like when you watch a movie, you know, when you watch a movie, even if you don't understand the language, you can tell when something bad's about to happen because the music switches. You're like, oh man, someone's gonna get someone's yeah. gonna get murked. Yeah. You know, or if, yeah. it's, if it's funny, you hear the music get slapstick, or you know, it's up, yep, eating up, you know, the pace yeah. and whatnot. Our songs are like that, you know, and so they're telling a story, you know, but at the same time, the tone of it, the tone and the melody and the and the uh, speed of the song. Mm. They they also tell part of the story, and they're setting this they're setting the mood Especially and the vibe of what you're trying to say, right. and the movement of they're it all. In it. Right. It's uh, it's really like a real ancient way of of like doing what a movie does, exactly. which is to really make yes. a three D element of you are, of your storytelling. You are living the story. You're living it. You are living the story. You are taking that journey literally. Right. When you're dancing, when you're walking back and forth, right? You are literally going through especially when you understand the language right like yeah and when you're singing in order right like like well, we always we always start at the beginning right rongo bird um that that's just the way walter sings the songs we're always going to start with the beginning songs and work our way through and um i really like that because the, the you can understand the story that's being told when you when you jump around skip around it doesn't make any sense anymore yeah um so when you're doing that when you're walking back and forth Imagine now, right? I'm talking about before the days of TV, before schools. How educational is that, right? Like to be walking through your own history and singing it, right? Songs help help the memory, movement yeah. and dancing help the muscle memory, right? All that's very real. Blood memory, if I get into that too, even. But um, yeah, no, there's no. They talk about language immersion, right? There's no yeah. deeper immersion. Um, to learn something, any subject, right? If it was math being described in the songs, there would be a bunch of mathematicians out here, right? Um, but to, to, to understand, and I don't, I don't know the story of, of your songs, right? But um, in Korea territory, the songs are telling us about this migration that happens after the death of the creator and the people begin to chase after Cody at first and then they, 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 they circle around um, some elders said the whole world, some said the country, some said the continent, some said the southwest. But we circle uh, what we call uh, this world right here, um, um, this, 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 this land, this world, three times. And um, in the old days, we would sing from dusk till dawn for three nights, right? And each of those nights, each of those song cycles, there's a beginning to each of them, there's a middle to each of them, there's an end to each of them. And now we just have bits and pieces, right? And we sing them in order, they still make sense. Because um, they're all kind of telling the same story for three nights. I'm getting way too into details for, for people here. But these are things you should be learning from elders, right? Not not, not from yeah. a podcast. Um, so. But no, it's important to hear that, though, because I think people don't realize that. That's that's the problem. That's the difference between the They don't realize roles. that. They don't right. give themselves the right. opportunity right. to know that there's right. more. Right. You know, if you're if you're a young guy and, or, and you want to learn these songs and you come from this culture... So you maybe you have a you feel like you're entitled to all of this, and that's its own conversation. But mm. you, you go get yourself a gourd or someone gives you one, whatever, mm. and you jump at the end of the line and you start singing, you know the melody, you hear, you hear the words, and you're able to participate in that. Here comes the next gathering powwow. You know more, you're able to do it. Before you know it, you're feeling really confident out there. Mm. It's hard for that person to know that there's a whole lot more into this. 
there's that in-depth knowledge mm. that we've been talking about. Mm. And it's not about being mean and saying you shouldn't do that or, or you shouldn't sing or sing for you or anything, but it's like they need to at least know that there's there's more into that. You, you can take one of those two roads, right? Just kind of more of a shortcut, fast track to... Look, man, if you're trying to look good, just show up with no sleeves in the ribbon shirt. Show <laughs> well, up especially with... <laughs> now, everybody's getting swole out yeah. there during quarantine. Right? Our people are getting healthy. And, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think they're getting swole in the belly, but <laughs> everyone's hey, like, hey, 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 I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> feel attacked. No, there's a shortage on dumbbells and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm waiting to see when we get back from the quarantine and first gathering, man. Was gonna... Honestly, Indian's going to look the exact same. No, 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 they really are selling out of that stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I try to order some new weights and everybody's sold out. Everybody's thinking the same thing and trying to get their home gym stocked up. I just lift rocks, man. I go outside and lift rocks and I go jog around. And... I've been digging. Me and Walter have been digging maybe 500 feet of trenches um, every night. It feels Is like... that part of your training? Is he like the master? No, no. He, he the grasshopper. Me, I need you to, to dig yeah, this. Yeah, so. <laughs> when you finish this trench and bury it, then we're not going to put nothing in. No, yeah. You'll learn your next song. Doing a lot of trench work, man. And it's good. Actually, at first, yeah. I was dying. Oh, my God. I was dying. Yeah, Morongo's not nice so and hard. cool either, right? I feel no, like it's not no. hot out there. But now, shoot, I'll, I'll dig any shape hole you want. <laughs> Tell me what hole. Give it. <laughs> What are you guys digging for? Just to put some water lines in or something like that? Yeah. yeah. yeah um, a new house that I got out there. and Okay. He's helping me. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to, man. Like, if I don't ask him, he gets mad now, right? Like, yeah. if I'm out there digging alone, he's going to get mad. I'm like, man, why, why don't you call me? You know, like, he, he's that kind of guy. Like, yeah. people don't even know how much he does for people. I, I mean, like, everything. Everything. People don't even know. Bringing food to people. The man is truly selfless, and that comes a lot from you know his his father before him was like that, and Joe was like that too. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of those influences where it's it's just like we're talking about, man. Just a world of difference between people like that who weren't about the attention, yeah, right? were truly about the people, and now a lot of people who are more about that attention and not even gonna take a time to learn what any of this even means, let alone you know, do things for people that no one will ever see. Like no, no yeah. one will ever e even know, you know. You know, the one problem about that humility and being humble like that sometimes I think is that it, you're not putting the exposure out of all these things. You know, people do those good acts of kindness for people and, and take care of the community. They're not the ones that are like, hey, look at me, I'm doing this. They just do it. They so people do it. don't know that those things, that pe someone can live a life like that sometimes. Or they don't know that these things happen like that. Yeah. And I think that that leads them into wanting to be a little bit ignorant of things too, to know that that is part of, of what maybe, you're doing. Maybe like my early days with this stuff are before yeah. social media. You yeah. Know? So like, wait, they sing bird before social media. <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> right. What was the purpose? <laughs> right. And like, like language work too, yeah. you know, like I wasn't taking selfies with all these guys, right. I got yeah. recordings, but I wasn't, you know, like, now I really wish I would have taken more pictures, you know, like, yeah. um, and for people like that now too, right? People who are doing these in the community, um, Joe really shunned the spotlight. And I, I guess I really respected that about him. He'd go to any res and be respected, right? Like yeah. any res he walked in and people knew, knew the kind of work that he was, that he put in for their people Yeah, from the day before all to the ceremony the day after. They knew they could count on him to to make things run, right? And people don't even know who he was, right? People now don't even don't even know. 
and he wasn't someone. Oh man, like... I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah, funny yeah. story about this, man. Sure, I was sure, at sure. I was in San Isabel, and um, was it last year, or the year before? And we were talking about uh, mm. Dave Taller. He was oh, yeah. there and he was brought up, and he said, "I forgot what he said about the games, or whatever." And and the guys up there in SY, you know, they learned from those men. So that's you know, when mm. they were little guys, they were the ones that were guiding that. And I mm. even went up there and helped the youth out for a few years. But I always would fall back on on uh, on their teachings, you know, because that was their area, you know. And you know, mostly it seemed like Ralph was the one that really was really helping Mesa Grandy and, sure. and Santa's Bell and all them. They were singing his songs essentially. Sure. But anyways, there was a young guy up there, and he said something like. He was all, who's Dave Taller? And I thought to myself, like, oh, God, don't emb- you're embarrassing <laughs> yourself right now. And I'm like, you don't know who that is? Man, I know. I'm all, do you, and, I, and I said their names, you know, and I said, do you know so-and-so? And he was like, oh, I know who that guy is, I think. And then if I was a man, we were just like wanting to laugh. We're looking at this kid. And I said, hey, you know what? He's like, I mean, you know that shirt you're wearing, like on the back? I'm like, Those, that's, who, that's, that's him. That's him. <laughs> the guy on your shirt right now. And he was like, oh, the that guy's, guy? The guy's like, second, oh second from the right. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's him. I got your shirt right now. You're wearing it. No, I know. Oh I man, know, it was so. It was just. I was listening to this kid, and he was really like in a, talking with authority, like he knew something about the game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, it's embarrassing. He was embarrassing himself. Embarrassing but himself. these guys, you know, they're that. Um, they're legends. You know, they're legends in in whether it be Pion or Bird, or just in the community, mm. cultural practitioners. You know, they're throughout the lands. You see them on different reses. They travel. People respect them. And they'll be taken care of everywhere they go and everything. You see that as a commonality that they really do just, they're all about it. It's their hearts, their passion. They go all in and they're there and they're, they're for the people first, you know. And you see how much that time we're taking things for granted, right? But so much that we have today would not exist without them. Yeah. It's true, man. Think they, about how many students, like, cause I'm telling you, like, why, why learn Pion from Joe? I thought I was the only one. Oh, really? I, 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 I did. Back yeah. then, I wasn't playing yet. I was just learning. Yeah. And then I started following him around. I was like, man, he knows everybody, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah, Wakes already knew that. But uh, for, for Pion, I didn't. And then, yeah, sure enough, it was like, well, I mean, like him and his brother, right? They yeah. taught everybody. They taught and everybody. It, it feels like like now, like, like, like when I play, um, I, I, that, that's beautiful to me, too. Just knowing, like, how much difference one guy can make, right? Yeah. Or two brothers can make, right? Yeah. Like this stuff, it might feel thankless at times, right? And you're not doing it for the attention, right? But it does have an impact, right? Like yeah. it does carry on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I learned from him. Yeah. Um, he did come down and stay at my parents' house. And when I was there, a young kid, and he, you know, told me a lot of good things and things that I, really value you know because you don't hear anybody talking about those things anymore yeah old way of of understanding that game and learning and being and the Mm. young players who are just learning from their other young cousin or something or just show up to a gathering and they're just they're the fourth on a team they don't get any of that they don't get any Mm. of that learning and you just Mm. hope somewhere along the way the new generation of elders um continue that practice of of, uh, teaching so that everybody knows what's up. Yeah, be honest, man. You know? um, I'm not sharing that stuff anymore. Like the things that they taught me, like mm-hmm. um, with, with people who also learn from them, it's like really cool to talk about. And yeah, and like you know, you know, like because because you know. But um, I've had some instances now with teaching. It's been on the language side, 
um, I taught some stories and some songs that that were given to me um, to teach. And then people claim that they learned those songs from like their own grandparents and they didn't come from their, their family, right? Or one person that was a story they said was told to them um, by their by their grandfather when it wasn't. Like it was, I, I know that family, I know they didn't have the language, let alone that story. And um, and it, it was given to me and they learned it in my class. One was, one was a song uh, I'm not going to say who, who or what or anything, but one was a song that I taught. And then I heard um, someone saying that, that their grandfather sang that song to them when they were little. And I was like, yeah, no, we didn't. I knew your grandfather, right? Like, and um, and that's not where that song came from. And like with, with stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I used to, <laughs> me and Walter talk about this stuff a lot. Me and Gui talk about this stuff a lot because um, he knows all the work I've been doing forever right like he's been a part of it from from day one um, my grandfather introduced me to joe Achenio, right mm-hmm. and he used tire shop right at banning and um yeah he's been he's been at it from from day one he knows the whole history of, of what i've been doing and um i used to try to kind of force people to care about it like, like, no, I, I thought if I just gave them the information, gave them the stories, gave them yeah. the language, gave them the songs, then they would appreciate it. Like, I appreciated it. But now I'm realizing, no, like, like they might just, you know, use it for their own, you know, whatever, attention once again. Yeah. Or um, you, you can't make people care about things they don't care about is what I've painfully learned over the years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my dad used to say, he would say, you know, these things are really powerful. And there's a responsibility you have when you learn them, when you have them, when you hold them, you know, especially get, you know, if you think about it in terms of sending it to the next generation, mm. you know, like, what do you send down the line? Like it's come all the way down this long line, like you said, to creation down mm. to you and you hold a piece or a lot of it, or you maybe hold all of it. I don't know, but whatever mm. you hold, it came down to you and you have it. And now your responsibility is to continue to let it go down. Agreed. And so you have to, Agreed. there's a responsibility to that one to do it, you know, do you want to have this continue, but also in who you give it to and how, what are they going to do with it? Yeah. You know, are they going to use this to abuse it? That are they going to ruin it? Are they going to, what are they going to do with mm-hmm. it? You know, and that's what people don't understand when they come into culture and they just think, mm-hmm. and that's why I said earlier, there's a conversation about did people truly have a right to learn all this stuff. You always hear that. This is my right. This is my birthright to know these things that come from this nation or this tribe. I have the right to learn these things. They'll say it without even trying to learn, though. But they don't even, yeah, they, have, yeah, they <laughs> yeah. don't know what they're really yeah. learning. Yeah. And there's a tradition yeah. behind who does who does what and what you have to sacrifice for. Yeah. And do you really want to learn that? Like, do you, you think you do, but do you even know what it means to do these things? And the responsibility, it's like a little kid who says, I want to eat all this chocolate cake. Yeah, I know you want to eat it all. I know you think you want we to eat it all. Eat it all. <laughs> I want to eat it all, hey. But you're gonna give yourself diabetes, kids. Right. Um, right. But no, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get make yourself sick. You're gonna have a belly mm. ache. Like you don't understand what you're asking for necessarily. You really don't. So it's to the person who is the holder mm. of that knowledge to to kind of to give that in a proper way, a proper amount, and proper, you know with proper protocols and all those ancient protocols are there for a reason for that transmission to occur Definitely. for that, for that knowledge to go down the next generation in a good way and to continue to be strong and, and something beneficial to everybody. Mm. 
But people don't see that. They just come in and say, well, I want to learn and this is what I want and give me it to me. And if you don't give it to me, I'll go elsewhere and I'll learn it or make it up or I'll switch it or I'll change it. And they don't realize that how big of a disrespect to the culture that actually is. In their mind, they're they're trying their best. So I always, be, always hear people say that. We're doing it. Doing it in a good way. I'm doing my best. I'm as long as we do our best and, I, and I'm doing it in a good way, I everything's going to be fine. I it's used like, to yeah. assume that about people. Yeah. Right? Until very recently. I'm starting to see more things where I'm not going to assume people are doing it in a good way. I'm not going to assume they're coming out with good intentions anymore. I've seen enough now. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just getting too jaded. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Another white hair just grew into your head like <laughs> that. <laughs> Another white hair. <laughs> but um, now I, I can't assume that anymore. And it happened with someone now who who I thought was coming at it from a, a good place. But someone now is teaching a language who never had a single conversation with a fluent speaker. Yeah. And at first I thought, you know what? His heart's in the right place. But now I've seen enough to where, no, no. Like, this is all about personal. Um, it's all about building a name and and getting getting attention and funding. It's not about preserving a language as it's meant to be spoken as it's always been spoken. Yeah. And um yeah, I can't I can no longer assume that people are coming at things that I went to, right? Mm -hmm. If someone comes up to me then um I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt, you know, like but I'm I am gonna be watching to see um is this person really in it, you know? And I guess that's one of the main things I've learned that Walter has been teaching me too, is, um, you know, actions speak louder than words. And um, it's not for everyone. We know it's not, right? We know that even even when you're in it, sometimes you feel like it's not for you, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, you want to take a break. You want to just, ah, oh, why, why, why am I doing all this? Like, it's, it's too much. And... Um, yeah, I can no longer assume. I used to be really naive, and uh, I thought that everybody would care about. If they just had the truth, then they would care about that truth. Mm -hmm. But I've seen too many people now like accept things that they know are false, that they know are lies, and um, and all of that. People don't understand how detrimental that is to the tradition itself, and how that damages that connection from student to teacher to elder all the way back to that time of creation that we're talking about. People don't understand that when you, when you tolerate nonsense and um, not just inaccuracies, but full on um, made up stuff, you're, you're replacing that truth that, that, that people gave up so much for. Boarding schools, abuse. One of my language teachers was locked in the closet at school every time he spoke the language, right? And he even go to like one of the main boarding schools, right? He, he was locked in the closet every time he spoke Korea. And um, eventually, you know, he, he didn't have to go to school anymore. But um, people being looked down upon and to me, it, it cheapens and erases all of those personal sacrifices that people made in their own lives and now those people are spirit now those people are ancestors themselves you're disrespecting the sacrifices of ancestors and i, I can't tolerate that man yeah it's not fucking cool yeah 
Yeah, that that's like a whole perspective that you got to look at, man, right? That's just that's again, it's like if you love something, you want to love everything about it and know everything mm. about it. You got to see the totality of it. And it's easy just to skim a part of it mm. and focus on one part of it and be like this is what I love, but if you really want to love your culture, you want to be part of it, do it. You have to look at all those perspectives like that, you know. Am I truly honoring the tradition of this? Am I truly honoring you know, what, what it is, you know, am I doing justice for it? Mm. You know, is it, you know, I know when I first was starting to sing around, you know, I was young and, and I, I used to, I, I've always loved singing and whatnot, but there'd be times I really questioned if I should continue going, you know, because mm. to be honest with you, I sound like, sh I sound like crap. <laughs> I didn't sing good at all when I was younger. Not that I do now, but I really didn't sing that great when I was younger. Um, I was, you know, I had allergies really bad. I get real nervous when I got up. I was really mm. nervous in front of people. So I'd sing real quick. My my I'd sing high pitch at home. I'd sing great. Mm. When I go out in front of people, like oh, it was oh, just people terrible. Hear me in the shower. Oh my yeah, that's even exactly. know. I wanted to record myself and oh, push man. play in front of the mic. <laughs> but it was like when I got in front of people, it just it was it was really rough. Mm. And um, and a lot of times I'd be like, man, maybe this isn't for me. Like you're saying, you know, my, I'm not because I'm not doing justice to what this is. It's so beautiful, you know. Mm. And these songs are great. And I'm over here just butchering some of them, you know. Mm. Part of me knew that it's part of the process. You have to withstand that. You have to build. No one starts out mm. the greatest or, or great or even good. You know, people start out, you know, and you have to you have to be willing to stick it out and build right. and develop. And so I knew that, but I was pretty low down, man. <laughs> I sound pretty rough <laughs> um, in many ways. And I was just rough in many ways, you know, but... But like my dad would tell me, you know, like, you, you know, go, no, go out there and go sing, go do this, continue, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it gave me purpose and meaning. So I just had to trust his, his guidance on that, you know, mm. and his guidance in different things that I did. I remember the first time I went and sang for an all night wake. Oh man, I was, you know, they asked me to do it. And I went and talk to my dad. He said, well, they asked you to do it. You can do it. Go do it. And I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. You know, mm. um, there's other singers. I'd rather them ask them, but they had a, they were in another week. There was two in one area mm. in our area down here. So I remember went to see my dad and he just told me, he goes, you know, you've been doing this your whole life. Like this, you know, you, you put the work in, you've done the time, mm. like go do what you're asked to do, do it. Mm. You may not mess, you know, my mess up may not be perfect, but go do it. Right. It's time for you to do right. that. And then to kind of man up or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, you know, you have to don't, you know, do what you're kind of, with, with all that effort you put into do, do it now. It's time to do it. And, uh, so I went and I did, and, and I, and I sang in front of, uh, and there were some singers there, uh, my dad being one. And, uh, I used to hate singing in front of my dad. I used to hate singing in front of the late Leroy or, you know, some of these guys and, yeah. Just because you're just embarrassed, you know, like, God, I don't know. I'm I know. messing this up. I, know. I'm I don't not speak the language you like know? these guys, yeah. you know, I don't, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, and uh, I just like, felt that way all night, you know. But at the same time, I went through the night okay. I got through it, you know. And mm. looking back, you know, I, I could do a lot better now, obviously. But I, I did okay, you know. It was mm. okay. Um, I can look back and, and I think I did a good send-off. At the time, I did as best I could. Mm. I always do the best I can, you know. Um, but, you know, it was just one of those things where I, I couldn't imagine doing that without the blessing of somebody. You know, and I could imagine doing that because I remember after it's shameless. I went back right. and I was like, I needed debriefing. How bad did I do? You yeah, know, and it's yeah. like, no, you know, you did good in these things. You got to work on that. Oh, I know, man. And and, know. and it's like that's the beauty of having a teacher. Yeah, that's the that's the strength of it for someone to be honest to you. And it doesn't have to be like I me. Mean, for me, it was my dad. But if you don't, if it's not your dad doing it, 
you almost take that person as your dad or grandpa. Mm. Even if you have no relation to them, they mm. become like your dad or a secondary dad. And if you're a teacher, those kids, those youth, like I have young guys that are that go around with me. I look at all of them like my sons. Mm. You know, I really just value them and I want them to do the best and get the most out of it. Those relationships are so important to all of it. But you, I mean, it, it's it, you have to really look at the totality of it. Am I honoring the tradition or am I just... Yeah, or am I trying to make this about me, you no, know? And I that gets ugly sometimes. It does. Especially if I'm talking about myself. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't, that's, that's what that's what Bria was telling me this morning was, like, we never stop trying to make those teachers proud. Right? Yeah. Like, ever. It's a, you never stop learning from them either. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Like, there's now so many, I can't, I know you, you go through, you must go through it too, but, I'll be like, oh, that's what he meant. Like, yeah. oh, that's what it yeah. is. Like, oh, yeah, here, it's happening right here. Yeah. That, that's what he meant, you know? You, you never stop learning from them. And people don't even know how much they're, they really are cheating themselves by not taking advantage of those real sources of knowledge. Yeah. It's very real. This stuff, it's not a, it's not a joke. It's not a hobby. It's real. Yeah. Beautiful thing, man. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Morongo Bird, everybody knows, you know, you guys are the real thing. They know you guys when you walk in the room, especially if it's Morongo. You got the glittery uh, shirts, man. You guys got the, kind of the glitter. Bla- well, what, black, sequined it. We got clean Blinged. Shirts. Clean and clean, blinged clean. out. <laughs> black fire colors on there. Broken baskets on the back. It's, you know, Morongo Bird in and the house. That's shirts. what I say. But, you know, you guys look good and um, well, even, sound good. Even my shirt, right? I, I Walter looks good. And yeah. about the rest of you guys, even I'm my kidding. shirt was given to me by Walter, right? Like, like, I, yeah. I, you don't just assume. I tell you, you mess up. He's gonna like the, <laughs> pull them ribbons off. The music sounds in the background. Put your head down. Walk out. Hey, yeah. Nah, yeah. but uh, you guys, um, yeah, we got a good group, man. You yeah. guys do. It's cool. It's good yeah. to hear. And I, I tell you, I, I've been we missing have a real it. teacher, a real lead, and it's a real tradition of it. You know. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've been missing yeah. it, man. With you know, I've been missing hearing everybody live and everything, but yeah. especially miss hearing hearing you guys out there. And uh, I remember it was real cool when my daughter was a little Miss Kumiai and she had her sash. She goes, oh, "I want you know." She had like you know taboo black eyed peas sign, and she had like random people sign like you know famous people. Mm. And then we were in Rincon. She went up to Bouye and she was like, you know, you know, can you sign my? Would you be willing to sign my uh, sash? And he was like, oh, okay. So he signed it. I thought that was really cool, man. She looked at it like he's a star, you know, That's which cool. he is. But anyways, man, I want to thank you for coming in. Yeah, man. Thanks for and having me. With that, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Riz, holla.